Welcome to Tsni DRN. On today's episode, we're going to talk about when the people around you are not interested in doing their job. From docs to lab to our fellow nurses, to what extent is the failure of others our responsibility? Let's discuss. I'm your host, Tsni DRN, and I hope you'll stick around to listen. It's an e. It's a D. It's an ED. It's an E. Dance for emergency. It's a D. Dance for department. It's an ED. Not erectile dysfunction. That's a nurse. Episode 19. An EDRN is not doing your job. Welcome, welcome to my podcast. It's NDRN. I am your host, NDRN. And today we're going to talk about humans being humans, uh, not being great at their jobs, creating problems for us that, frankly, we don't always have to solve. Before we get into it, if you're new to the show, um, I am your host, NDRN. As I said before, God, I say that a lot. Anyway, I have been in RN for 11 years. I worked med surge, ICU. There was a dark time there where I was a nurse manager, and that time has ended now. And I am back to bedside in the emergency department. And there are just a lot of things that I'm either noticing for the first time or for the first time at the very least in a long time. And it bothers me. And we're going to talk about them. And one of those things that is so hard for me to just accept as reality is the constant compensation for the failure, for the ineptitude, or the straight-up blatant laziness of others. I can't take it. (laughs) I can't take it, and I'll tell you why. Nursing is one piece of the collaborative healthcare model. It is a team sport. We all have a part to play. And if we aren't all doing our part, shit doesn't get done. And the problem with shit not getting done is obviously, and of course, the patient not getting what they need when they need it, but also... It just seems that, like, nursing in particular are responsible when this happens. We are positioned specifically to be the ones who are ultimately responsible for all the other parts operating as intended. And I'll give you an example from recent nursing history, a.k.a. my shift last week, Medications. Here's how medication is supposed to go in a hospital, like from beginning to end. The physician orders the medication. The pharmacist reviews the order and verifies it. The nurse reviews the verified order, collects and administers the medication to the patient. That is the ideal process. There are very clear roles there. Everything is in its place. Everyone's doing their job. 
But when there's something wrong with the med order, everything goes to shit. It just, it just sits there on the mar with the big like red circle with the line through it. <laughs> it's rejected. And as the nurse, we see that. And we know that, that at that point, technically that is our task to do. And it just sits there not being done, which makes us look like we're not doing our job. It makes us, we're not giving something, it's late. Clearly the medication has been ordered to solve or to help solve or prevent a problem. And so we want to give it. So what do you do? Well, if you're me, you contact the doctor and you say, hey, I don't know why, but your med order was rejected by pharmacy, so you might want to ask him why. The physician wrote the order, and something about the way that they wrote it is wrong. So it is reasonable and logical that I would contact them. The only caveat to that, caveat, why did I say that with a British accent? The only caveat to that is dosing weight. If the pharmacist doesn't have the dosing weight and the medication that is ordered, which happens a lot of the time, is weight dependent, that's us. We need to put that weight in. We need to weigh the patient, either on the bed, the stretcher, standing, like whatever you can do. You need to get that weight in. Um, but that's really the only time that I can think of when a rejecting a medication in a technical way falls on us, except that every single time it falls on us. And let me tell you how this pans out for me, <laughs> how this did pan out for me. I contacted the physician. The physician asked me to contact pharmacy to find out why it was rejected and then get back to them. And I said, actually, at that point, let's just pause, hold for no applause, hold for eye roll, hold for like deep sigh. That is so typical that you contact a physician. And in this case, I was texting them over Tiger. You contact them and they're like, well, can you find out for me? I'm a very important physician. And I'm just like not at the point in my nursing career where I'm going to do that. So I texted the physician back and I said, actually, it's my understanding that the process is the physician contacts pharmacy directly. Once the medication is ordered correctly, I'll administer it. This physician wrote back, LOL. Literally. LOL. The fuck am I supposed to do with that? It's not just physicians. This happens with CT. This happens with lab. This happens with pharmacy, air quote, delivering medication when they really haven't, or like, I don't know where you put it because it's not here. This goes for a supply chain. It cuts deep for us nurses. Because we know the care that we feel proud to provide. And when we're not giving that care, we're the ones standing in front of the patient and having to explain why. We're the ones standing in front of them and literally all of these things have happened to me, having to tell the patient 
I'm sorry we have to use a bedpan, but there are no wheelchairs to take you to the bathroom. Finding a confused patient soaked in urine because we've been out of condom catheters for weeks. And that patient, by the way, has probably been sitting in that urine for a while because now we've been in multiple other patient rooms drawing labs since we know that it'll be two or more hours before a tech from that department will make it down to the ED to do it. And we don't want that hep assay, that follow-up CBC after a blood infusion, that troponin to be delayed. Or we're going between CT who says they don't have the proper order for a scan, and the doc who hasn't ordered the scan, and they said the patient needs it immediately. (laughs) Or we're doing total care for every single fucking patient because we don't have a tech most days. Or we're going to each of the four tube stations scattered across the emergency department searching for a med that pharmacy swears they tube to us, but somehow it's vanished into thin air. Or once we actually find the medication, we're giving it without scanning it because there are exactly two scanning devices for the 10 nurses working in a single section. Or we're taking valuable time to explain to a provider taking great pains to not come off as rude or argumentative because God help us. God knows we're going to get in trouble if our tone in advocating for our patients is not exactly as it should be deferential towards this authority figure that is the modern day physician that they indeed need to clarify their own medication order, which yes, will involve them actually having to interact with their patient which was the case for this physician. The issue that pharmacy was having is that they could not verify whether the patient was getting prescribed their home dose of a certain medication. I don't know how they knew that. They just did. They were asking that that be clarified. That is so clearly a physician responsibility to me. You are the one ordering the medication. You might want to ask the patient how much they take at home. And you forgot to do it. And you don't want to come back to the bedside and spend your time doing that. And so instead of asking me for a favor and saying, I recognize that this is my job and I am asking if you're able to do it for me, you just act like it's my job. And when I ask you to do your job, I get LOL. I am so tired of being expected to operate at the height of my license to go above and beyond for every patient, every shift, at every opportunity, when failures in the system create a workflow that is chaotic and random as fuck. I am tired of staffing models built on the assumption that I will have all of the tools I need to do the job that I need to do, when the reality is that national supply shortages are a regular and recurring part of the healthcare model. I'm tired of feeling like I'm providing less than excellent nursing care, and I'm tired that I keep blaming myself for this. As though if I tried a little bit harder, if I worked harder or smarter, I could overcome the multiple system failures that place random barriers in my way to which I am expected to overcome without losing any time, any energy, or the capacity for compassion. And I'm tired of it being no one's responsibility but mine. No one's responsibility but ours. No one is held accountable but us. 
No one's going to get reported to the Board of Nursing for hanging antibiotics late but us. We will have to prove that they were not delivered by pharmacy in a timely fashion. We will have to prove that they weren't ordered until after the time frame that is recommended because the physician is savvy enough to backdate their order. And I know this sounds like I just work with a bunch of fuck-ups. <laughs> it's actually such a small minority. The majority of the physicians I work with are top-notch. The majority of the pharmacists I work with are absolute ballers. The majority of the CT techs that I have the pleasure of working with who have to coordinate scans for ICU for the entire hospital with only two scanners, with only one scanner for the first six months I was there. They're phenomenal. They're amazing. And they have to be very direct. And if you don't have an order, get a goddamn order because that is their job to make sure you have an order before they load that patient into the scanner and fill them full of contrast when they know that the physician's just going to order a, another scan and now their kidneys are shot to hell. Look, there are reasons why every department is a stickler about certain things. And we can recognize on the one hand that those things are very specifically important to them for reasons we do not know and we can still respect that. While on the other hand, recognizing that sometimes those processes do not work for us as nurses in real time with real patients. I think we also have to recognize that when it comes down to it, only 5%, let's just say 5%, this is a percentage I'm pulling out of my ass, but let's just go with it conceptually. And I do think it probably represents, let's say 5 to 10%, five, let's give it a range, 5 to 10% of any one given person in any one given, of the, the people in any given department are not great at their jobs. Five to 10%. The rest are amazing. But I think what we need to recognize is that does not translate to an inconvenience over five to 10% of our day or five to 10% of our patients. That five to 10% can have a profound effect on 25, 50, 75, or 100% of my day, of my attitude, of my energy, of my patients' outcomes. So when I say that I am not doing your job, I mean it. Do your damn job. Figure it out. The one thing that gets me, oh, the one thing that really gets me. I had a patient recently who had probably one of the worst sacral wounds I have ever seen. It was probably a stage four pressure injury. I am not knowledgeable enough to be very specific with my pressure ulcer stagings. It's been a minute um, since I studied that, which is exactly why we consult wound care to come and look at these wounds because they are a subspecialty of the nursing profession. They are 
content experts. And when you work in the emergency department and you just have to be ready to respond to and treat any fucking thing that walks in your door, you don't get the opportunity to be a real thorough content expert on any given thing, let alone sacral wounds, okay? Very niche. (laughs) Very specific, that one. So I had a patient with this profound sacral wound. I tiger texted the wound care team asking when they might be coming by. And they instead told me that I needed to take a picture of the wound and then they would describe what I needed to do for it. And on the one hand, you think to yourself, well, that's reasonable, right? Like, what are they really asking me to do? Just take a picture? And then they're going to tell me what to do. And then I just do it. I'm a nurse. I can do things. I'm smart enough. But the fact is, that is one patient out of a total of 10 to 12 to 20, if I'm in the trauma bay, patients that I will be taking care of that day. The other thing is, because they are content experts, they understand what all of these special dressings and ointments and supplies are. I do not. Additionally, do you think the emergency department regularly stocks every form of Mepilex dressing known to man? No. We've got the hydrocolloid dressing, we've got the Mepilex sacrum, and we might, 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 might have a Mepilex light 4x4 floating around in there somewhere. That's it. I don't have fucking Meta Honey. I don't have fucking Mepilex Silver. I don't have these things because I am not the content expert on wounds. You are. And when I make this clear to you, after discovering just how intricate and time-consuming this wound care will be, and you have the audacity, the unmitigated gall, the cojones, the balls, to respond to me, an RN, working in a peri-pandemic world. I'm sorry, we cannot get to that patient today. We're understaffed. I'm sorry. I know you can't see this because this is a podcast, but my arms are up. I am looking around to see if there is anyone who's also heard this, which no one did because it's on Tiger Text. I'm livid. You want to talk to me? about being understaffed. You want to talk to me about that? Okay. (laughs) Okay. I've been doing total care on five admitted patients in the ED for months because we don't have any techs. We don't have any staff. We don't have any beds because we shut down all the extra units we opened for COVID because we lost our federal funding because somehow the government thinks that the pandemic is over. We lost our travelers for all inpatient areas. We lost our FEMA nurses. We lost our Navy nurses. We're not getting any kind of disaster pay. We're on mandatory overtime. And you are telling me you can't do your job because you're understaffed. Bitch, we've been understaffed for years. And we still manage to do our fucking jobs. 
This goes for lab too. This goes for supply chain especially. I know it is not their fault that they're understaffed. It's not my fault we're understaffed. It's not my job to staff the unit. But I'll tell you what it is my job to do. (laughs) Get shit done. Figure out a way. Get creative. Set some goddamn boundaries. How do you think I am able to care for all these patients without any of the supplies, any of the support from ancillary departments or unlicensed personnel? Shift after fucking shift. How, how do you think I'm able to do that? I set some boundaries. I can't do everyone else's job in addition to my job in an environment where I'm understaffed. Why do we think it's okay to give all the extra work to the nurses? I will tell you why. Because we will fucking do it. Because I'm not looking at that patient and saying, I'm sorry, you're not getting wound care today because the wound care nurse is too busy. I'm not doing it. You know what I am doing, though? (laughs) I texted the doc (laughs) and I said, hey, wound care said they can't make it because they're understaffed. So I guess your patient's not getting wound care today. (laughs) I made it his fucking problem. And to his credit, he texted the charge nurse for the wound care department, and that charge nurse came down and did the wound care. She didn't seem happy about it, but she got it fucking done. So I guess make it a doctor's problem and you might get some traction. And now it's time for tips and tricks. Should I make it a jingle? No? Okay. Tip number one. Mitigate your expectations. These are not normal times, and we as nurses cannot be expected to do normal nursing. So have some realistic expectations for your nursing practice. Above and beyond, that that's not sustainable. Your goal is adequate. Your goal is safety. No one dies who is not supposed to die and do no harm. We really need to a- a- adopt the physician model of care. Do no harm. That's it. <laughs> Just they, There's no above and beyond in, in the physician's oath. There's just like, don't fuck up. I think we can, t- we can take a page out of that book. Tip number two. Get into meetings. Look, meetings are rough and I hate them. And as a former nurse manager, I can tell you that it is much harder for a department like supply chain, for example, to bullshit their way through a meeting saying, oh, we just don't have it, oh, we just can't get it, when there is a bedside nurse present who is directly affected by that department not doing their damn job, not getting creative, not trying harder to fix the problem. It's really hard for them to do that, to look you in the eyes like that, because they're still humans, and they need to be reminded of what's at stake. So if you can, get into those meetings. Ask your manager about those meetings. Bring somebody with you. Tip number three. 
find out what the expectations for your job are. You can't know whether something is outside of your job description if you don't know what it is. You can start by asking HR for your job description. It's going to be vague, more than likely, but it's a good place to start. Another thing you can do is look up the med staff rules. These can be really convoluted, but they are going to lay out what physicians in your institution are responsible for. And they can be things like what percentage of their orders are allowed to be verbal versus written. Are you allowed to take orders over tiger text? How quickly do they need to page you back or how quickly do they need to call you back after you have paged them? All of those are set out in the med staff rules. And also know your policies. A lot of these items are laid out in your hospital policy and they're there for a reason. And people you will find don't follow them because the policies are written for a system that's operating optimally. And we know that for a fact the system we're currently in is not. But that doesn't mean you have to fix all those problems. But just know what your institution's policies are, and when they are violated, report that shit. And finally, I have one trick. The trick with pointing out a problem is to think collectively. At my hospital, I recently signed a grievance petition or a grievance letter. I'm not sure technically what it is. But I signed this list of grievances with a group of other nurses. And the grievances addressed in part the fact that we're chronically understaffed, out of supplies, and we're expected to do other jobs that are the responsibility of other departments. It may be that I had access to this because I work at a unionized hospital, but you do not need a workers' union to organize and practice the concept of collective bargaining. You can put together your own letter of grievance. You can sign it with everyone else on your floor, and you can present that letter to your CNO. One person complaining can be turned into a problem with that person. But if 10, 20, 30 people complain about the same thing, it's really hard to just pin that on a person. That becomes a system problem. So get your friends together. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If so, please subscribe, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and tell your nurse friends to listen. Our jobs are ridiculous. They were ridiculous before the pandemic, and they are just astronomically unattainable as it is. So mitigate your expectations and stop doing other people's job. Thank you for listening, and have a safe shift. It's an EDRN is written and produced by me. Our senior editor is me. The theme song is written and performed by, tragically, also me. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are my own and do not reflect the standards and positions of any healthcare entity that I may or may not be working for. Although I am a nurse, things I say in this podcast are not a stand-in for professional medical advice, and everything you hear from Randalls on the internet should absolutely be validated across multiple other reliable sources.